Now, you might not believe this, but the career path of almost every super successful individual included having a job just like the one you have now. You're either going to or coming from work, so we might as well talk about it today on Your Way to Work. And now, your host, Ricardo Witte. Hi, everybody. This is Rick Witted, and welcome to On Your Way to Work. It is an honor to spend a few minutes with you today. Whether you're in your car, at your desk, or in the parking lot dreading to go into the workplace today. Listen, my friends, a promotion is a process. It is a journey. That's why they call it a career path. And this is the only show talking exclusively about the path from your current job to your future promotion. Trust me, you're on a path. Don't take where you're working now for granted because it's connected to where you want to be. And today, I'm going to help you get a little closer to there. So I'm very excited to have uh, Eva Marie Everson in studio with me. Uh, Word Weavers is an organization that she put together, and it's a group of writers that come together from all walks of life. And I can tell you, it's really sharpened me over the last couple of years. So this lady's pretty important to me. How are you doing, Eva? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, on top of that, Eva is someone who had been in nursing for years mm-hmm. and uh, made a transition in career to becoming a full-time career writer. Over 30 books, guys, um, writing since 1999. So she has been feeding herself by the pen for that time. Now, you know someone special when they stop counting awards. I'm at a conference here for, for a weekend getaway uh, with writers that uh, Eva's organization is doing. And she was getting an award last night that she wasn't even there to get. So she's a big <laughs> shot. So why do I say that? I say that because I think this is a great person, listeners, for us to really learn from. And if, particularly if your desire is to build a career from writing, it's going to be very important to understand how you transition to writing. So I think, Eve, I think you can help us with that. I'll do my best. No, I know you will. I absolutely <laughs> know you will. So just top of the hour, let me just throw this question at you. Okay. Nurse, for almost two decades, how did you think about writing? And then what was the transition? What was the moment that it hit you? You know, it's, it's that story of God can use anything. Right. Um, I went into nursing uh, after high school, went to school. Did not like it, Uh, but it's, you know, the education my parents had paid for, and I felt somewhat obligated to that. Um, Did my job when I had my daughter, Jessica, made a decision to stay at home for a while and then left um, the the type of nursing that I had been doing, which was, you know, more hospital, that kind of uh, uh, nursing home environment uh, into a doctor's office. And I started part-time until she was ready to go to school full-time. And then started working in medical offices full time. But in 1992, I got sick and uh, came home one day from work and just simply said, I don't feel well. And that was it. Uh, it was, then it was a very long road, first of all, to try to determine the diagnosis of what was going on with me. 
and just in general, being as sick as I was, was no fun. But I had always had a love for words and a love for the written word, books, and for writing. I had written my whole life, whether I was writing in my journal, writing in my diary, whether I was pinning a little book in a composition book as right. a 13-year-old that I never told anyone about or that I shared with my classmates. It really didn't matter. I had always written. And I remembered during this time period when I was so sick and I was in a lot of pain that as a young girl, whenever I did not feel well, I would read books and I would leave this world, uh, the world that I was in of, you know, being sick to my stomach or having a bad headache or whatever, and I would go into this other world and it would cause me to forget my pain. So I asked some friends, I was really very, very sick. I asked friends if they would bring books to me. Um, Mary Higgins Clark, Sandra Brown, the, uh, Judith McNaught. I mean, these are just a couple of names that I can remember off the top of my head that were really hot writers in that time period. And uh, they brought me books and I would read them and I would get to the end and I would think, I could have written that. And it wasn't being braggadocious. It was just this this line that was coming to me. I could have written that. I always loved writing and I know I could have penned that. So I sat down and started writing again, you know, just at, at my computer, kind of, let me see if I can't just create a story kind of thing. And uh, my, my sickness, it took me five years to get wow. to wow. the point where um, I was well enough to what, feel like I was a normal human being again. And uh, by that point, uh, I took a, a, a part-time job that became a full-time job. Please don't laugh, because you, you're looking at me, and you're going to laugh. <laughs> this. Took a job in a tanning salon. Uh, now, here's the humor. Not here, laughing. Okay. <laughs> Just here's the humor. <laughs> For those of you who don't know me, who can't see me, I'm Irish by descent. I'm very pale. I freckle. I don't get in tanning beds, but I had managerial skills, and so I was managing this tanning salon. And in between clients, I would sit in my little office and I would type out, you know, these thoughts and ideas and things like that. And, uh, and so little by little, um, there were like little doors that started to open. And in 1999, I had the opportunity to go to a, um, a large convention. It's called ICRS, International Christian Retailer Show. In those days, you could sit down with editors and I had this little idea in my head that I thought I would pitch. And I asked a couple of people that I knew that I had just met, oh, how do you pitch a book? And they told me how to do it. And I pitched it. And nine days later, I received a contract offer. So that is a Cinderella story. Wow. It doesn't happen like that typically. Um, but I was, it was basically I was in the right place at the right time. Um, but that is my story of how, you know, God took me from, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? To, I think I'll read some books. I think I could write those books to um, winning awards wow. and being a best-selling author. So let me ask a question. So when you think about specific behavior that, that you display during that time, what are some key things that you did? So let's fast forward and mm -hmm. say that you did, but if I'm someone who wants, who's, I'm a nurse now, or I'm, I'm working in a tanning yeah. bed right now, <laughs> but I do know that my, I have a passion for writing and mm -hmm. I want that to be a career. 
And you look at me and say, Rick, here are just a few key behaviors. If you're going to be successful in this, you've got to do these things. What are those? My father really wanted me to go into journalism when mm-hmm. I was in high school. And, you know, you're making those decisions as to what do you want to be when you grow up. And my father said over and over and over, you need to go into radio and television. You need to go into journalism. This is your love. You love words. But I had a teacher who told me I couldn't do it. Uh-huh. That no one from my little hometown ever went off to do something as grandiose as becoming a novelist. And so I had that in my mind that, well, if I can't do what I want to do and what I feel like God has gifted me to do, then I'll do, <laughs> and don't laugh, this is why I chose nursing, General Hospital made it look fun. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, again, it was all about stories. I'm See, sure I some thought, of my listeners have no idea what General yeah, Hospital is. Well, General is. <laughs> Hospital is a soap opera that I watched from the time I was six years um, old I until well. I was, you know... And probably in my early 30s. And, uh, um, you know, my mother watched it when it came on at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or 3.30 in the afternoon. And, and so, see, a story inspired me to think that I could do something. And, and I found out that it's real serious business, this nursing is. Yeah, um, people yeah. lived and people died. And sometimes those people were children. And that was very difficult. Um, you did that for 15 years. I did it, yeah, off and on for about 15 years. Yeah. And of course, like I said, I ended up in medical offices, which was a little bit easier. Right. But um, uh, when I, you know, when I look back at that, I can tell you that when I made this decision that I think this is something that I can do, I think there's a door opening over there and I'm going to walk through it. The biggest thing for me was to believe in myself. I started writing a story, which became my third book published, by the way. I started writing a story and people would ask me, so what are you doing with yourself these days? And every so often I would answer, I'm writing a book. And they would say, oh, I wrote a book once. And I would think in the back of my mind, yeah, well, mine's going to get published. (laughs) So there, there was honestly, Rick, there was something inside of me that knew this was going to happen. This was not going to be another one of my stories that I wrote and put in a boot box. I was going to publish this. Somehow, some way, I was going to meet the right person. It stirred inside of me. Mm -hmm. So number one, you got to believe in yourself. But number two, you got to know what you're doing, which means you need to read. You need to write because every reader reads. I mean, every writer reads and every writer writes. Go to conferences where you learn. Um, The thing about conferences is that not only do you have your agents and editors there where you can pitch, but you have workshops. That's right. And people, writers, new writers especially, think, I'm just going to go and I'm going to wow this editor with my ability to write. When what you need to be doing more than that is sitting in those workshops and learning and gleaning, and like I say, iron sharpening iron. Then, of course, I was a part of the development of Word Weavers International, which is now international. It was just um, a critique group that met uh, in 1997. Uh, We started five people sitting around a dining room table, and uh, now we have well over 500 members across the United States and Canada. Wow. How many chapters? We have currently 35 chapters wow. and 10 getting ready to launch. Really? 10. Wow. I know. I can't even keep up with it. Right. But it's, you know, getting with like-minded people who will help you sharpen your skills as a writer. 
Um, so that's another very key thing that you have to do. Just real quick for the listeners, if if they want to learn more about that organization in whatever area they may be in, where can I send them? Word-weavers.com. Okay, go check it out. Great mm-hmm. place. I've learned to write uh, <laughs> being a part of that for the last couple of years. So, you know, here's what I love about this show. Of course, I love this show, but here's what I, I love that. You hear when, when someone's sitting opposite of me, I hear the same behaviors that, that are needed for success, no matter where you are. So listeners, you, you heard Eva saying, you know, I educated myself. I kept going above and beyond. I, I believed in myself. One, I had a plan. And, I, and we talk about that on the show constantly. You have to have a plan. And if, if you're not writing and, and you're in the workplace, then you need to develop a plan with your manager, your boss, the owner of the business, have a plan. So she said, I have a plan. Secondly, she said, well, I went about the task of educating myself. And it amazes me, even in the workplace, how many continuing education and training opportunities that people just allow to go by without taking the step to just educate themselves. Listen, most companies have some type of playbook most employees never read it. And so whether you want to transition into the career of writing, the current job you're in today, if those behaviors are not being executed, so these two she's talked about, having a plan, believing in that plan, and educating yourself. If you're not doing that today, I'd say you're going to probably have a big challenge getting to where Eva is in the world of writing. And there so. was a time when I had, I had cranked out so many books and I, I said to my editor, I want to take at least a month off. I mean, I was constantly writing, constantly, constantly, because I knew that God was shifting my focus somewhat. And I realized that my strongest area of writing was when I wrote Southern Fiction. So I took a month, maybe two months, I don't even remember. I immersed myself in Southern Fiction and what that meant to be a Southern fiction writer. What does Southern fiction mean? What components does it have to have? I read all the Southern fiction I could get my hands on, watch movies that were set in the South. And I grew up in the South. So, um, you know, I was, I, I strongly poured myself into that. And um, then I came through it and I said, okay, I'm ready now. I've got some ideas I want to throw at you. And boom, boom, boom. Um, the first three ideas um, really were, they were, <clears throat> excuse me, first five ideas uh, amazed even me with how well they did. But I took that time to figure out what it was I wanted to do, what I wanted to say. Wow. Wow. Best-selling book. What's your best-selling book? Oh, boy. Um, that's hard. Probably, uh, it's, it's got to be, a, 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 there's a little bit of a toss-up. Okay. I wrote the Potluck Club okay. series. Okay. With Linda Evans Shepherd, and the first Potluck Club book, um, in the first in the the first of six, is it we published it in two thousand five. It still sells. Wow. Uh, we are we are still getting royalty checks twice a year, and we call each other twice a year and say, "Can you believe this? I mean, right. people are still buying this book." Uh, but it it just it hit a home run. Nice. nice. Um, another book called Things Left Unspoken, which I wrote on my own. It was my first. Southern fiction on my own. After that, you know, couple of months of pouring myself in, uh, it still sells. I still get email on it 
um, and that published in 2009, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was 2009. Uh, Unconditional, which was based on the movie Unconditional. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, that was a bestseller. Of course. So, yeah. uh, and I, just such an honor to be asked to write the book that went along with the movie. So that's a great movie, by the way. It is. And uh, I just, it's, I'm proud to know the author of that book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I tell was, everybody that, by the way. Yeah, yeah and, so. and you know, it's been, it's now been published in several languages, and I always get a copy of it when, and, and of course, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what the language is right. sometimes. It's like, this is, you know, unconditional in Swahili. You know, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that book is obviously done very well, and uh, just uh, just uh, had a book published um, uh, for uh, for Abingdon, okay. uh, which is Abingdon uh, Press. Abingdon Press, uh, the Road to Testament. I've been very proud of of the results of that work, um, and more pr- not just you know like I'm saying like number of books sold or anything like that, but the number of emails that I get from people who tell me this book touched me in such a way that I didn't even realize until I got to the end of the book. Wow. Because uh, I just want to tell a story and then let the message weave itself through and then let that message relate to you where it needs to relate to you. Well, it's good that it, it sells, though. <laughs> well, yeah. that's. I mean, otherwise, I'm not going to be asked to, to write anymore. And uh uh, my, uh, there were three books, the Cedar Key series, Cedar yep. Key, Florida is where it's based. If you've ever been to Cedar Key, Florida. Um, and those three books were the three that, that won so many awards, including it made me a Christie finalist. So, um, very proud of those. Uh, the, the third book in that series won the award last night. So. so guys, if you haven't realized busy is one of the things that you're going to be, um, in this world where Eva is. So Eva, you said, um, having a plan, continuing education, continually mm-hmm. learning yourself, um, you know, going out and trying to develop yourself, develop the, the, key, uh, the, the key skills that you need uh, to be successful in whatever that craft is, particularly to writing anything else or some must, must do behaviors and or skills that you, you want to For see. the writer today, it's to be willing to diversify that you're probably, you know, until you hit the status of James Patterson or um, Stephen King, (laughs) Jerry B. Jenkins, that kind of thing, you're not going to become wealthy, you know, and and be independent. Um, So that's why I have my own editing um, company. Um, I work not only as an editor, but as a coach. I work as an acquisitions editor now for Firefly Southern Fiction. Uh, of course, I run Word Weavers, you know, so there's a lot of diversification. Don't pigeonhole yourself in. You know, you may walk in in this door, but there's a wider door just beyond the room. And that's where you're supposed to be. So you just have to look for those open doors and be willing to step through and say, yeah, this is doable, you know. I, I love that. Oh, my God. I love that. Th- that is if there's anything that I see as a mistake in the workplace, and, and this we're talking about a career here, mm-hmm. although it's writing, it's it's still it's a workplace. Oh, believe me, it's the hardest yeah. work I've ever done. I'm listening to <laughs> yeah. you. I'm like, you got this being published. Yeah. You got this going out. It's like, where, where do you sleep? Um, and and you know what what you just said, it's so valuable because often we want to come in and and no pun intended here, but we want to write the story ourselves. Right. We want to write the book. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think what, what you're hearing Eva say, listeners, is that you're going to walk into a flow. There is something going on when you walk in. 
And the most important thing you could do is be flexible. Mm -hmm. Find out what the flow is. So whether you're writing a book and there's a genre that's just not hitting it right now and or there's a genre you like, but this one you seem to be getting hits. Yes. Or if you're in, in corporate America or a small bus- business USA and, you know, the culture of the place is this certain way, you can't come in and just think you're going to rewrite the story. Right. Right. People, and I say this all the time, people don't pay you to do you till you really get big. Right. People yes. pay you to do them. Right. They, they pay you to fulfill something that they need. And I think this this third bullet here that Eva hit is just, it's so key to life in general. And so I love what I'm hearing because what she is saying is that the things that have made me successful, I'm telling you, listeners, I'm saying this to all of us, those are the same things that will make us successful, no, no matter where we hit on those cylinders, whether we're in the workforce or whether we're independently working on our own through our craft, such as writing Absolutely. Or, or doing a radio show or being an actor, if that's what you want to do. All of those things, it, it's called work for a reason. Yes. It's work. It is work. Actually, uh, years ago, you're talking about my best-selling book doesn't even have my name on it. Wow. It was one of those things where I was very young in the business. I was approached, would you write this book? Um, it's not going to have your name on it. It's work for hire. I just wanted to get my name into the industry. The people in the industry would know that I wrote it. Just the general public wouldn't know that I wrote it. I wrote it. It shot to the bestseller list, and uh, and it stayed there for a little while. And believe it or not, it was a it was a book of jokes for children. Wow. And I wrote that book, and I kept seeing it on the bestseller list, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I wrote that book." But the the thing is, is I, I was paid for a job. I did it. I didn't get any accolades for it. But the people in my industry knew that I was willing to work hard and to work my way up. I wasn't walking in and saying, "Hey, I'm I am the cream cheese and all that." Wow. I was like, I'm just coming into the dairy <laughs> department, you know? I, you know? I, I love it. And, and there's a fourth bullet um, in what you just said. Be willing to start at the bottom. Absolutely. You just, you got to be willing to start. To write or, jokes for children. You, whatever it is, <laughs> right? And, you know, I always say, even if you have to start as the, as the janitor, like be the only person in the building that knows the number of steps from the janitor's closet to the CEO's office. Because if that's the path you want to take, then you have to sharpen wherever you are. And so, guys, um, Eva, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> We're already at the end of this show. Oh, and I'm no. going to ask if you would stay with me on the other side. Let's bring you back next week to hey, finish I would, this out. I would love that. That would be great. So let me just recap a couple things that she said here. One, you got to have a plan. I don't care what the business, what the industry is. Have a plan. Two, Develop yourself. Continually educate yourself. Three, be willing to diversify. Flexibility is going to be key if you want to build a career in anything. And then four, have a little humility, man. Be willing to start at the bottom uh, because where you are today, it's not where you are today that determines where you're going to be. It's how you carry yourself today that determines where you're going to be tomorrow. You bet. You've been listening to Eva Marie. I've been listening to for a couple of years, actually, but <laughs> you've been listening to her. We're going to bring her back next week. One of our best, uh, my best, best mentors and inspirations out there. 
as a writer and as a career person. Eva is fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rick. I don't think I've said it a lot, but trust me, you've been a, you've been an influence in my life and my uh, career, particularly this this best selling writing career I'm going to have. Absolutely, yes. I've been talking to Eva Marie. She's going to stay with me uh, for next week, and uh, stay tuned. We'll talk to you then. Bye bye.